It's Jesse. If you're hearing this, that means my limited edition capsule collection for Joe Fresh is out now. <laughs> In select stores and at joefresh.com, I designed matching pieces for the entire family in a really fun, bold checkerboard print, including a baby romper, toddler and kids dress, a kids t-shirt and short set, a shirt for men, and the cutest women's linen short set that you will live in all summer long. Every piece is under $35 and warning, you will get compliments wherever you go. Shop it now before it's gone. This week on Phone a Friend. My voicemail box is full, so I'm clearing it out by answering your messages live. Hi, Jesse. This is Kelsey. This is Melissa from Toronto. Hi, Jesse. It's Carissa from Simcoe, Ontario. Hi, Jesse. This is Jen. You forced me to apologize for something I said. I make controversial statements about Hanson, and I drag my husband on to say lovely things about my postpartum hair loss. The bald white spot where your scalp is exposed. This might be the most unfiltered, raw, personal episode ever. So pop the top button of those elder millennial mom jeans and let's check my voicemail. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Kritschik. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a very special episode of Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crookshank, and I'm all alone with you today. It's just you and me. The kids are at school. I've unbuttoned the top of my pants so I can breathe. And this is going to be an intimate and interactive episode. I realize I just stole that from Much Music circa 2003, but it's true. It's a very special app. It also might be the first time... I actually feel nervous to record an episode of Phone a Friend because normally, a little little peek behind the curtain, normally I know what my segments are going to be. I feel confident in what I'm talking about. I'm well-researched. Jason and I usually work like meticulously to prepare everything before we record. But today, I've prepared nothing. Uh, This is 
like what Heidi and Spencer must feel like when they show up to record their podcast and don't even know how to pronounce the name of their guest. Remember that when we talked about the Demois debacle? Can we roll that? But one of my favorite and actually a great source that I love is Demois. Well, you nailed good. that. When was the last time <laughs> you were actually on Dumois? I don't even think I've ever been on. So then Is it a website or an app? <laughs> Sorry, I, as somebody who prepares a lot for everything, I think about that clip at least five times a day. Didn't know how to pronounce the name of their own guest. And so today I'm going to channel, I'm going to, if I had crystals, I would take energy from them and just embrace the Dumoy of it all. Because I haven't prepared a single thing. I am giving this episode over to the hands of God. And by God, I mean you, my phonies, and answering your voicemails in this first ever phone a friend voicemail bag. Voicemail Bonanza. Star 69 Sorry, I don't know what we're officially calling this episode. I, what I do know is that you have been calling me and leaving messages with questions, some deep, some shallow, some looking for gossip, some looking for advice. And today I'm going to play and answer all of them. But before I press play on my answering machine... <laughs> Can I just tell you what I finished doing? I just like, I'm going off track here, but hey, I'm all alone. I don't have Jason, my producer, to keep me on track. So this is going to be a an off the rails app. So while I was not preparing for the show, I had a little extra time to finally fill out the paperwork I need to fill out to volunteer at my kid's school. And I don't know if it's like this in Canada, but in America, if you want to set foot in your child's kindergarten class and, and like read a Doc McStuffins book... You have to go to the police station and get fingerprinted. You have to go to the doctor and get a TB test. You have to fill out your entire medical history, family history, get a criminal background check. It's so intense. And so today I'm starting the process. I'm filling out the first form, the most basic form. And it simply says, I'm going to read it. Please indicate your skills. And then there's just a list of 10 basic skills with little boxes next to them for you to check. Okay. Carpentry. Okay, now. Painting. Oh, Gardening. Oh, no. Photography. No. Video editing. No. Graphic design. No. Tech support. No. Electrical. Uh-uh. Accounting. Mm-mm. Medical slash CPR. No. And as I sat there staring at these, like, 10 unchecked boxes, I realized I had an epiphany. I thought, I have no skills. I have no life skills. I do not possess a single basic physical life skill that could help my child's elementary school in any meaningful way. And then on the line underneath the checklist that said other, I just wrote, I can talk to people. (laughs) I can talk to people. Surely that's a skill that's worth something. You know, not all carpenters and tech support folks can have a conversation, but I can. I can talk to people. That is my life skill. And today, I thought you could all just help me feel a little bit better about that one life skill by allowing me to showcase just how good I am at it. 
when I talk to you for approximately 45 minutes to an hour. So should we do this? Should we put my one basic human life skill to work? <gasps> Let's check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hi, Jesse. This is Brandy. Love the show. Um, almost didn't want to leave you this message because I would out myself as a croc girl. Um, but on your last episode, when you were talking about Justin Bieber's crocs, you kept referring to croc gems as like giblets or, or giblets, but, um, they're actually called gibbets, like J-I-B-B-E-T-Z. I'm, I'm wearing crocs right now and looking at my gibbets and yeah. Um, so thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, love the show. Thank you. Oh my God. Brandy. Okay. Wow. We're off to what a start. Thank you so much for calling. First of all, I'm mortified. You should see me. I, I'm blushing. I'm red. I just want to issue a phone a friend apology. A phone a friend apology. On behalf of Jason and myself, I apologize for that egregious error. It's mortifying. Really, because if I recall last week's episode, I was very confident in my pronunciation. I feel like I might even have double-checked that I was pronouncing giblets or giblets right, did I? Can we roll that clip from last week? On the bottom, he has gray sweatshorts paired with white tube socks and yellow Crocs with, wait for it, giblets. Giblets? What are those things called? I don't even know what that is. Croc gems. Croc, croc jewels. Croc gems? Oh. Giblets? I'm not that, I am not that cool. You don't giblets? have crocs? Giblets. Giblets. Wait, how do giblets. we? Giblets. Okay, mm. did you hear that? I just yes. Googled it. Mm, <laughs> yeah. The power of the internet. Oh my God. The, the sheer confidence. <gasps> Brandy, this is a very dark moment for me as a broadcaster, as an English major, because I didn't just mispronounce the word. I said the wrong word. The entire episode, I was referring to croc gems, the little decorative plastic pictures you put on your crocs, but I was using the word giblet. And I'm just going to stand by. What even does that word mean? Oh my God, the word giblet means the edible offal of a fowl, the gizzard of a turkey. <laughs> Thank God Justin Bieber didn't have chunks of turkey gizzard on his Crocs. And I hope, I hope there weren't any phonies out there who thought that he did. Okay, gibbets. J, I, she even spelled it for me. J I B B E T Z. It honestly sounds like something my uncle Howie would say to me during the high holidays. Like, we'll eat, we'll drink, we'll gibbets. Ah, uh, to think I didn't know they were gibbets after purchasing many a Ninjago and Cocomelon gibbet. Those things cost three to five dollars each, and they're always just like popping up in the kiosk at the mall. So God forbid my kids see them, I'm forced to go and like check my credit card allowance to see how many I can buy them. Regardless, Brandy, thank you for your message. If I could get a gibbet of you and put it on my Crocs, I would, but I don't have Crocs, and I think I'm going to keep it that way. But I will forgive you for the Crocs on your feet if you will forgive me for my butchering of the English language. Let's check another one. I didn't know people were going to call me out for shit. God, now I'm really nervous. Hi, Jesse. It's Esther from Halifax in Nova Scotia, Canada. 
one of your episodes, you actually made fun of the way that Nova Scotians speak. That was the first time I've ever been miffed at anything you've done or said, because I think you're amazing. But I just finished listening to the games episode. Uh, so funny. And um, it made me realize that I had never listened to the Chris Kirkpatrick episode, which is crazy because I would consider myself a regular phony. I listen every week. Being an elder millennial like yourself, I was slash am obsessed with boy bands. Fun fact, I actually met my husband while doing a performance of I Want It That Way. It was clear to me in the games, maybe you did this for editing, but um, you didn't get Chris Kirkpatrick to do his own uh, game intro jingle. It was just kind of awkward silence sliding into the game. Anyway, I missed it and it made me uh, highlight how much that those uh, musical interludes make make the podcast. So thank you for those. But yeah, I guess this isn't a question at all. But just to say that I um, think you're hilarious. I love you. I um, really enjoyed um, New Mom Who Dis when I was a new mom as well. And um, yeah, just uh, gushing, I guess. Okay, bye. Oh, Esther from Halifax. Can I just say this? The people of the East Coast are the absolute nicest human people populating this earth. Thank you for that lovely, delicious baritone voicemail. (gasps) What a voice you have, Esther. And if I hurt you or miffed you in any way by mocking Nova Scotians, I am so sorry. (gasps) Did you hear that? Can we just replay the way I said sorry? So sorry. So sorry. Sorry. For the record, when I moved to America and I did a a show here, I had to train myself to not say sorry. I learned how to say sorry. And as a result, I like over enunciate my American sorry. But you, the Canadian in me really slipped out, Esther. I'm so sorry. I'm going to blame American Bob the Drag Queen because I think I know the episode you're talking about. He gave me a drag name and he named me Nova Scotia for sure in that accent. And then we just started doing that accent. And so uh, technically it was Bob who was doing the mocking. I was enabling. And for that, I apologize. Oh, my God. Is this my second phone a friend apology of the episode? A phone a friend apology. Am I just doing an apology tour here with with these voicemails? I'm sorry, Esther. Um, And before I answer your question, can I have a follow-up? Because you just sort of uh, brushed past the fact that you met your husband while doing a performance of I Want It That Way? I need to know. Like, who was doing the performance? Is it you? Is it him? I would like details. Was there a pencil beard drawn on? I just need a better visual. Because I feel like if it was him doing a casual performance of a Backstreet Boys song in any context, I understand you falling in love with him immediately. No further questions. Okay, so to get to your question, thank you for noticing that Chris Kirkpatrick did not write his own jingle for Name That Boy Band Tune because he wrote his own jingle for the second game I played with him in that episode called Never Have I Ever... And I think it might be my all-time favorite on-the-spot jingle by a musician guest. Listen to this. Never have I ever. I can't. I can't. It's my favorite. Never have I ever. It's like slightly off, but totally works. Just like Chris Kirkpatrick. (laughs) That jingle is the essence 
of InSync's founding father, Chris Kirkpatrick. You know what, Esther? This actually feels like a really good opportunity to go back and celebrate all of the other boy band style jingles that I have forced, I mean, sorry, asked musicians to perform on the spot on this show. So you have Chris Kirkpatrick. And then can we hear Max Kerman of Arkells? He played a game called Man Things. We're talking man things. We're talking man things. We're talking man things with Max Kerman. I mean, that is a banger. I also love that he was like, you want an interlude? I'll give you a full on song. I mean, verses. That thing had verses. Priyanka did the same thing. Priyanka played a game called Bad Bitch, Mad Bitch, Sad Bitch. And her jingle was everything. Mad bitch, sad bitch, you a bad bitch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mad bitch, sad bitch, you a bad bitch. 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 I mean, what? So good. I feel like these just keep getting better and better. Sean Desmond sung his own jingle for his name called Hot Dads Doing Hot Things. Roll it. Hot dads doing hot things. That vocal. I mean, please. And finally, last week, Fifi Dobson played a game called I Got a Fifi Feeling and blessed us all with her jingle, which it was a collaboration, really, between her and I. And it is a jam, if I do say so myself. I got a Fifi feeling in my bones. I got a Fifi feeling in my heart. Tear me apart. feeling in my bones. I got a beep, beep feeling in my home. <laughs> right? So good. And I have to shout out Rob, my technical producer, because Rob will take the sort of like raw jingle that our musicians sing and he adds the auto tune or the music like he really makes them. He's our he's our producer here. He's the David Foster of the phone a friend jingles. Should we release an album? Phone a Friend presents celebrity guest jingles that celebrity guests were forced to write and record live on air with no warning, no preparation, no payment, and no residuals. <gasps> SAG AFTRA would launch a separate strike just against that. Thank you, Esther. Thank you for your voicemail. And definitively go back and listen to the Chris Kirkpatrick episode, one of my absolute favorites. Okay, let's check the next voicemail. Hey, Jesse. So this is Melissa from Toronto. And my question is, how do you get back to yourself? So um, I have three kids under five, a four, a two and a five month old. I feel like I haven't been stylish in forever. And my hair is probably very similar to what it was during COVID. Um, I'm still breastfeeding, so I can't really get enough time for a cut and color. I don't even know how to dress myself anymore. So where do I even begin? Thanks. Uh, Melissa from Toronto, I feel every word of this voicemail. Thank you for calling. I feel like this is like classic where the Oprah makeover team jumps in and gives you like a head to toe makeover with an angled bob that you'll never be able to maintain and then puts you in heels as if you'll ever wear them. You know, like most people would answer your question with a, you have to prioritize you, Melissa, me time, make time for you, make that hair appointment, slip into that slinky dress that makes you feel sexy, do what you need to do to feel like yourself again. And honestly, after having three kids who weeks ago were also all under five, that's all fucking bullshit. 
sorry. It's just not possible. Like, I think that is the easy answer to give is like, you need me time. But it doesn't happen when you're a mom with little kids. And and like they're not wrong when they say that. You should take the kid and breastfeed at the salon so you can get your roots done and feel good again. But that's easier said than done. And most of the time, it's not possible. It's not logistically possible. So fuck off, Oprah, with your asymmetrical haircut. Give me a damn night nurse instead. Just going to air horn sound effect myself. Throughout this answer, it really gets me like fired up because I am guilty of doing exactly what you're saying. Like you're way more in it than I am, Lisa, with a five-month-old. I have a two-year-old and I'm still trying to figure everything out. And style-wise, I don't think I'll ever go back to my pre-COVID style. Like, I used to live to wear a six-inch heel. Actually, I'm sitting in in the studio that we built to record this podcast is in our guest house. And I also have these, like, big built-in closets that we built out here so I could store my shoes. This is embarrassing. I have hundreds of pairs of heels, like, gorgeous heels sitting behind me in closets, literally collecting dust because post-COVID, post three kids, I don't have time or energy for a heel in 95% of scenarios. And that's okay. For me, like the bare minimum to feel good is when I wash my hair. I know the bar is low, but just if you can find time to have clean hair a couple times a week, that's a start. I also think, you know, you started the voicemail with the question, how do you get back to yourself? And the answer is after having kids, you don't go back to yourself. You are forever a new version of yourself, right? Your life is now defined by caring for other people who need you. So I think we all need to stop putting pressure on ourselves to get back to that pre-kid version of yourself mentally and also physically, you know? So if that means buying yourself the damn new pair of jeans that fit, buy the jeans. I tortured myself, Melissa, for almost a year after having Romy. I, I, like, my body was forever changed, and yet I refused to buy new jeans. I was like, I'm going to fit into the old ones, and it just, two years later, it never happened. I literally just donated six pairs of jeans last week that I was holding on to. I got rid of them because my body is like, bitch. I birthed three kids. I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to stay like this. My body is like an old smoker. Just, just by the way, I don't know why my body talks like that. But it is okay with me. It's okay with me. And so I got new jeans that are a couple of sizes up. And those are the jeans that fit the new version of me. And I don't know. I don't have hard answers for you, Melissa. But I do want you to know that you're not alone. It's okay to feel a little lost. It's okay to not have time to get your hair done, to not feel particularly stylish. It's all okay. But do buy yourself the new jeans. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, if you hear that, that's the sound of me popping a second button on my jeans. The new jeans that are two sizes up. I still need to pop two buttons to sit down and be comfortable. Let's check the next voicemail. Hi, Jesse. This is Kelsey calling from Edmonton. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I first of all just wanted to say how much I appreciate you. Um, I've been a fan of yours since the after show days 
Um, but we both became moms around the same time. Watching you go through new motherhood with twins, both on Instagram and Facebook, but also when you went on the Goods Live right after your twins were born, I just, for the first time, felt so seen. And you just were so open about your experience, and it just really resonated with me and made my experience a lot easier as well. So I want to say thank you for that. But to the important things... <laughs> The other day I was in my car listening to 90s pop and um, some Westlife came on and I ended up listening to the Westlife self-titled album from, I don't know, 99. <laughs> it was hit after hit after hit and I thought, this is the most underrated 90s boy band of all time. So my question for you is, what do you think the most underrated boy band from the 90s Yes. Thanks. Oh, Kelsey from Edmonton. Truly, I can't even tell you how much that means to me. Last week, you know, not only did I get emo with Fifi Dobson, but I got emo about posting photos of my kids and whether I should be or should not. And so hearing from like a new mom like you saying that seeing what I'm going through helps you in some small way is really meaningful. And I, to, thank you. Um, okay. Can we talk about Westlife? I don't even, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I have a Westlife blind spot. Like, I know they're a British boy band. Are they a British boy band? Okay, I'm Googling. I know they're a British boy band, but I can't name a single song. Okay. Okay, there are five of them. Wait, no, there are four or five of them. It appears now there are four of them. There's, like, the requisite chunky blonde highlights and, like, matching denim, matching leathers. Okay. I mean, honestly, how did I not have this poster on my wall? Okay, I'm reading. This says Westlife are one of the most successful groups of all time in the UK, holding 14 number one singles, a number only surpassed by the Beatles and Elvis Presley. What? The Beatles, Elvis Presley, and Westlife? What is happening? Okay, it says their number one charting song is called Uptown Girl. Hang on. Stand by. Uptown Girl. Wait. Sorry. This is the literal Billy Joel song. No. Wait. No. That's... Uptown Girl by Westlife is their number one all-time song. That is a Billy Joel song. Okay, I need to invest more time in listening to Westlife because it appears like they're still going strong. I've, I like could not name a single song. But to answer your question, I think the most underrated boy band from the 90s is... Ooh. I gotta go Hanson. It's, it's like... Here's, the, here's my ph philosophy on Hanson. If I had done a doctorate or a master's, it would have been on Hanson. So allow me to present my dissertation. Hanson was three boys with long hair. So instantly in the 90s, that's like a hilarious joke. Like, oh, look at them. They look like girls. And Umbop was just always sort of like laughed off. There were jokes about it. It was dismissed as this like, you know, bubblegum pop song. But... Umbop was the number one song on the charts in 1997. It's their only number one single, and it is a bop for the damn ages. Sorry, Westlife. I'm pulling up Hanson now. I mean, can we just appreciate as grown adults what a jam this is? Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. The tingles are coming back. 
When, when I heard that like high pitched squeal, it made me feel things. And did you know this? A few years later, Mbop returned to the charts 26 years later. And because they re-released it as Mbop 2.0 with someone named Busted. I don't know who this is, but listen to this. Do I prefer the clean, prepubescent vocals of an 11-year-old Zach Hansen? I do. Can I appreciate this comeback? I can indeed. So Mbop a little rough around the edges. That's like Mbop after like 15 kids or however many children the men of Hansen have. But I digress. Hansen to me is the most underrated 90s band because for me, like my love of them went deep. I didn't just love Mbop. I had all of their CDs. I would play them on my Walkman or Discman, which I would hook up to like little speakers so I could hear the albums aloud in my room. I mean, you had like, please, deeper cuts like Penny and Me. Remember this jam? Ugh. The heart and soul of the Hanson Brothers. Tonight. Ugh. Ha ha. Okay, then you had if only. You know if only. This is musicality. You know what I mean? They're playing like the kazoo on this one. If only. And if Rob, my technical producer, drops, I will come to you right now, I will weep. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. I mean, what? What? I was like 11 years old being like, I have the light beside me, but I need someone to guide me. Like what? Still. Ugh. Gorgeous lyrics, gorgeous vocals. I'm just saying Hanson, the most underrated 90s boy band of our time. And they're still making music. And apparently Zach is also uh, making terrible right-wing life decisions. But we'll just put that aside and say, great question, Kelsey. I hope I answered it. And I promise I'm going to add Westlife to my 90s playlist. Let's hear the next voicemail. Hi, Jesse. It's Carissa from Simcoe, Ontario, not to be confused with Simcoe County. We actually met in London when you did your show back in October. I came with a friend. Um, we're the two teacher moms, uh, and my friend, you complimented her cute little hair scarf that she uh, admitted she wears because she lost some hair having a kid. And so um, I wanted to ask you, what other mom life hacks do you do 
do that maybe we can all take a cue from. Thanks, Jesse. Love the show. Bye. Oh, my God, Carissa from Simcoe, Ontario. Yes, you know, I remember you adorable teachers at my live show. I feel like I remember your friend with the cute little hair scarf. I remember, uh, like, a shockingly a lot of people that I met on my live tour because meeting everybody who came out to the show after was a true genuine life highlight, like one of the greatest pleasures of my career. Because everybody who like listens to this show, my phonies, everyone who came to my live show, like you're all so fucking cool. And I just want to be friends IRL. Um, And speaking of, I may have some announcements about maybe another tour. I don't know. Not, you know, just watch this space. Okay. But as for mom hacks, I have to tell you, Carissa, this is going to be very disappointing. I'm not the hackiest gal. I'm not like a Pinteresty mom, as we discussed last week. I'm not a chalkboard mom. Wish I was. But like your friend, I too lost swaths of hair post-childbirth. I think I've been like holding out hope, thinking that maybe it will come back. But Romeo's too. I'm not like postpartum anymore. This shit is not returning. I have legitimate male pattern baldness. Okay. Just like two shiny white bald spots at the front of my head. When I pull my hair back, it's giving Prince William. Like down, you would never know. Back, they are so pronounced. My loving husband, my supportive, kind husband, Evan, actually has nicknames for my bald spots. He has, oh my God, wait a second. He's here. Ev, can you hear me? Can you come in here for a second? I'm recording. I'm dragging him into this episode. I told you it was going to be just me and you, intimate and interactive. But ladies and gentlemen, hang on, Ev. Let me pull up an applause for you. My loving and supportive husband, Evan. (laughs) He's so scared. I am here. The mic is hot. I'm here. Okay, so I'm doing a voicemail episode. I'm answering all of my phonies' voicemails. Okay. Um, someone brought up, did you want to spit out your gum or are you just going to chew gum for the duration of this conversation? I wasn't prepared for this. Okay. You can put it on my little hand. There you go. Um, okay. So one of my phonies brought up her, uh, friends. A phone of friends, phone of friends, phone of phonies. Yep. Sorry. I'm sorry. Is this you discovering that my (laughs) fans (laughs) are called phonies? Did you not even know that? What's the question? <laughs> they all know you don't listen. I discuss it regularly, but to not even know the name I'm of the sorry. community. Okay. It's not personal. It's the, this phony has asked uh, about her friend's bald spots, post-childbirth bald spots. And I just mentioned that you happen to have a name for my bald spot <laughs> because they're that pronounced. Is this correct? Is this accurate information? Yes. I want people to know they're going to get Real, the real honest truth here on this episode. It's weird, though, and I don't know what the origin is. Of the nickname that you mm, gave my you? bald spot? No, I was hoping you could tell I me. I don't know it. Well, why don't you tell my phonies? Call it the like the the bald white spot where your, your scalp is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to go into it, more detail? We call it a Carlona. We call it Carlona. Carlona, yeah. You've called my bald spot Carlona for many years. I don't know what years. the hell that's from, though. 
does the shine on my forehead just remind you of an Italian mob wife? What is it? I don't know. I, I mean, this is not going to be a very good story because no. I, I don't know what the origin of that is. But I just wanted to drag you out here and have you admit to the people that you have a nickname for my bald spot. I do. I have to say that I, I was looking at a picture of myself from college the uh-huh. other day. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. I'm getting some Carlona myself. <laughs> And with that, you're excused. Bye. Evan, everybody. He hates nothing more than to be dragged onto this podcast. But I just, I wanted him to let you all know that not only does he not know your named phonies, but he has a name for my bald spot. And that is Carlona. And so, Carissa, I do have like a little bit of a tip for you. For any of those moms out there who have that receding hairline thing happening at the front of your head. So usually I say like, fuck it. I just throw my hair in a mom bun and I go full George Costanza on him. Like who has time to care about Carlona? But when I have to film or take pictures with my hair up, I will color in the bald spot with eyeshadow. This is a thing I will do. I'll just take like a reddish brown, usually my eyebrow color eyeshadow, and I'll just paint my little Carlona with an eyeshadow brush, and then bam, good as new. And by the way, there's no shame in that because I'll do, let me just peel back the curtain here. That is what all men on television do. Okay, they sit in the makeup chair, they get powder on their face, and then their bald spots, or just like if they have a lighter hair situation, they get sprayed with this like spray-on color. That's par for the course. Every co-host I have worked with in my career has spray-on hair. So if men can do it with no shame, why can't I? And I apologize that I didn't have more hashtag relatable or helpful mom hacks for you, Carissa. Like, I don't know how to make a homemade ice pack for your kid's lunch. I just, I don't know how. But I can tell you how to cover up your bald spots if you need to for a photo shoot. Uh, Thanks to Evan and Carlona, two special guests for that answer. Should we play another voicemail? Hi, Jesse. This is Jen from Ottawa, Ontario, which is apparently a very bumping place that you guys made fun of. Um, Hi, Jason. And my question for you is, your cover photo is you in underwear on a phone with a Teletubby in your hands. And apparently, that's something that I'm supposed to recognize as an elder millennial. But I have no idea what it's referenced as. And so when I first looked up your podcast, I was a bit confused with that art. But um, I feel like I should know what it is. And I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you that I don't. So anyways... You did briefly mention it in one of your podcasts, but you never fully explained what it was. You just made the reference that someone should get the reference. So anyways, I was hoping you could just let us know. Thanks. Jen from Ottawa, Ontario. For shame. Not really. Not really. It is a reference that I wish you could get immediately because without understanding it, I'm just I'm just out here in my underpants holding a Teletubby. But I'm glad you asked. Thank you for your message. The reference is to Britney Spears on the cover of Rolling Stone in 1999. And that might sound really niche, but trust me, like this was peak iconography of the late 90s, early 2000s. And because that's where I like to live, you know, right there, just nestled in that time period. When I named the podcast phone a friend, my brain instantly went to Brittany holding that little white telephone with a cord on that cover. And I just, 
you know, thought everyone would get it. (laughs) So... No shame if you didn't. It's okay. Listen, add my Uncle Howie, who's getting a lot of mentions on today's episode. My Uncle Howie turned 80 the other week and had his birthday party. A lot of aunts, uncles roaming around. My Uncle Bob said, like, what are you up to? Which is, uh, nothing makes me more uncomfortable than having to explain my weird job to my elder relatives. So I sort of said, oh, well, I'm, I'm working on a podcast. Oh, I just got a podcast uh, platform here on my phone. You, why didn't you pull it up for me? And I was like, oh, no, no, I, it, I don't need to pull it up. And he was like, come on, pressured me into pulling up phone a friend on my like 85-year-old Uncle Bob's phone. The look on his face when he saw that cover art. You're not alone, Jen. My Uncle Bob did also not get the reference. Now I'm pretty sure he thinks I work as some kind of a phone sex operator. So I hope that answers your question. And my apologies to my Uncle Bob. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to give you a moment to Google Britney Spears Rolling Stone 1999 and then marvel at the likeness of my podcast cover art. Because after the break, I have been told that our final voicemail messages might leave me speechless. No, my only skill is talking to people. We established that earlier on this episode. Do I have to uncheck that box too? I guess we're going to find out together next. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're back. I mean, technically, I am back. I am all on my own with my bald spots answering your voicemails. You have straight up clogged my inbox phonies with hilarious, honest, thoughtful, ridiculous messages. And today I'm attempting to answer them with my only skill, talking. I'm going to get to a few more here. Let's check my voicemail. Hi, Jesse. This is Farrell calling from Whitecourt, Alberta, so small town, Alberta, Canada. 
Um, I just have a question for you about burrata, sorry, burrata salad. Um, so I started watching Selling Sunset because of your podcast and did a deep dive, couldn't stop watching. Now it's over, waiting for season seven. But it seems like every time people go out for lunch on that show, they always order burrata salad. And you've talked about burrata salad a few times on your podcast as well. Now, I've never had it. I don't think any of our restaurants here in Whitecourt, Alberta, sell burrata salad. Um, I'm just wondering what the big deal is about it. Like, what is burrata? I know it's some kind of cheese, but what exactly is it? And is this something I need? Like, do I need to order some burrata from Italy? Do I need to drive into Edmonton, Alberta, and go to an Italian restaurant and order one of these burrata salads? Um, yeah, that's my only question. I just It keeps coming up. And I want to know what all the hype is about. Anyways, love your podcast. Uh, love your Instagram. I'm a fellow mom of two little kids. And I, I love your humor. And, yeah, you just you make me laugh every day. So thank you so much. Much. I appreciate it. Bye. Oh, Farrell from White Court, Alberta. Is this the greatest message that's ever been left? Farrell from White Court, Alberta called to ask, what is Barada? Burrata. Do you see? I believe we provided you uh, phonies with the correct pronunciation of that. And, and look how cultured you are up there in white court, watching Selling Sunset and having curiosities about burrata. So, yes, you're right. Burrata is a soft cheese. <laughs> and let me find the proper definition because I don't even know that it is. Okay, yes. Burrata is an Italian cow milk cheese made from mozzarella and cream. And that's the thing. It's like so creamy. And I'm not even a cheese person, Farrell from White Court. I don't like, this is a weird fun fact about me. I don't like hard cheese. I only like melted cheese. I'm sorry. Full approval to shut this podcast off right now. I just like ever since I was a little kid, I only wanted to eat cheese melted on pizza or like a cheese in a quesadilla. I won't eat just a slice of cheese. I'm such a fucking weirdo. But I will eat a soft cheese. And burrata, uh, if you get a good burrata, I'm not talking like Edmonton good, okay? I'm sure, I'm sure the burrata in Edmonton is delightful. I'm sure there's a, some kind of trattoria at the West Edmonton Mall that could delight your senses in ways you've never experienced before. But if you can get like a, a good burrata, it will change your life. It will change your life. You will, at one bite and you'll just look like, you know, Emma from Selling Sunset. You're, you'll, you will be transformed. And burrata is usually served like on a salad. It's delicious with beets. Or, and I'm just going to name drop here, which I feel kind of like an asshole for, but um, when I first moved to LA years ago, the only people that I knew here was Seth Rogen, who went to high school with me, and he kindly took me out for dinner. And I knew nothing. I'm like from Canada. I mean, not white court, but still, I'm not cultured like I am now. <laughs> so Seth takes me to this little restaurant on um, uh, Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles called Osteria Mozza. 
And he like does all the ordering because I don't know what half the Italian words are on the menu like you, Farrell. And he orders this burrata and uh, bread. It's like roasted tomatoes, basil. I say basil because we're weird in Vancouver, but I know it should be basil um, and burrata. And it was the most delicious thing I've ever tasted. And from then on, I've been a burratict. <laughs> oh my God. I just made that up. DJ Elon sound effect. So thank you, Seth Rogen. I mean, you might see him as like a, a just like a stoner, but that is a someone who knows his way around the menu and introduced me to some rich shit early on. So thank you, uh, Seth. Thank you, Farrell, for your very honest voicemail. And hey, if we ever mention anything on this show and, and you're sitting there in white court like, what the heck? Just leave me a voicemail, okay? That's what my inbox is for. Let's listen to another one. Hey, Jesse. It's Jennifer calling from Fort McMurray, Alberta, Canada. Loyal fan since the beginning. Um, but I did have to make a special phone call this time because I have noticed something recently in your photos. And I have noticed that most of your photos include the mouth open pose. Each photo, whether it's with your children, riding a bull, meeting a celebrity, or just wearing a new outfit, includes you posing with your mouth open. I was curious if there's a reason for this besides a glam approach. Let us know. I love you forever. I look forward to your weekly podcast. I can't wait to hear them every week. Much love, Jennifer from Canada. Okay, much love to you, Jennifer from Fort McMurray, Canada. I don't know what to say. You've really done a deep dive into my photographs and you have pinpointed something that is so true, it it hurts. Like, yes. I have a go-to face that I have had since 2006. Since my first photo shoot at MTV, I, I just, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was straight out of, basically, white court, okay? It was my first, like, big Toronto photo shoot. And I just started, like, going, bah! and posing with my mouth open. And the photo they ended up using as the, like, introducing Jesse on MTV headshot was me wearing a scarf as a top, as you did in 2006, with a large belt placed just under my bosom again, as you did in 2006, and my mouth wide open, like, bah! and from then on, it's just been my go-to pose for two reasons, okay? Allow me to explain. First reason is that when you have your mouth open in any situation, as the ones you described, riding a bull at a children's birthday party, meeting a celebrity, whatever it is you're doing, when you take a picture doing it with your mouth open, ah! You look like you're having the best time ever. And isn't all of life about communicating in photos what a great time you're having? Isn't that why social media exists? So if anyone takes a picture of me, I always just go like, nah, so that I, 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 I present having the time of my life energy. 
You know what I mean? So that's one. Two is that an open mouth pose is just more reliable than a basic smile. I'm not the most photogenic person. I have large features. I have to work angles to make things look okay. And if I'm just going to go for a basic smile, the margins for error are large. But an open mouth, ah, you're not trying to look pretty. You know, you're just trying to look wild, like you're having fun. And there's a much higher success rate when you just go for fun and not pretty. My only other photo hack is like, take pictures with sunglasses on because you'll like twice as many as you would if your sunglasses were off. It's foolproof. You just have to nail the bottom half of your face and you're good. So mouth open, sunglasses on. Those are my hacks on how to take a great pic. And if you have to take a picture at any kind of indoor somber gathering, then don't take that advice, okay? It's not going to work. I think I have time for one last voicemail. Should we listen to one more? God, this has been so fun. Your messages are so entertaining and thoughtful and keep them coming, okay? Please keep leaving me messages. Let's listen to one final voicemail. Hi, Jesse. It's Megan calling from Northern Ontario. I was curious if you had to make a mixtape for your phonies, what would be on it? Looking forward to a response and maybe uh, a throwback to some great tunes. Take care. Bye. Hey, Megan from Northern Ontario wants to turn shit up. And by the way, when you call a playlist a mixtape, like, your elder millennial is showing. Love that, Megan. I had many a mixtape as a child of the 90s. You remember, like, for me, it was Z95.3 FM in Vancouver would play a Backstreet Boys song, and I would run to my room, pop in a tape, and try to record it. That was a lifestyle. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're unfamiliar with that lifestyle, then welcome. We love a youthful listener. So love a mixtape. But uh, also love a playlist. My phone is filled with playlists. Actually, I know I mentioned my live show earlier. At my live show, I curated a full hour before I came on stage of like a, a much music-inspired 90s, 2000s video dance party. And so I have the playlist for that. And it's pretty unbelievable. But I feel like I can't go full like 90s to curate a phone a friend playlist because you know the spirit of Pitbull lies beneath every episode. And so if I were to curate a playlist slash mixtape for my phonies, it would be all 2000 to 2010 bangers, okay? I'm kicking that shit off with this. Tonight... Tonight, oh! Just, you know, I want to inspire you all to grab somebody sexy, tell them, hey! That's what I'm starting your playlist with. And then I'm going Usher, we're throwing in some Jason Derulo. You know I'm going to hit you with this. So you can all visualize a baby being passed a flow rider through a crowd. Hey, ooh, the third button on my jeans just popped. 
popped open. I undid the first two, but the third one just went bam. I was, I was, you know, shimmying too hard in my little chair here. Uh, so I'm throwing that on. I'm gonna hit you with like Britney, Christina's Dirty, maybe early Rihanna, maybe we go Umbrella. We're definitely putting Thong Song in there. Hot and Her is going in. It is party jams of the early 2000s. And if I can figure out the technology, I will share my phone a friend playlist with all of you, okay? I'll, I'll, I don't know how to do that. You know, I can barely open TikTok on my phone, but I will create a public playlist for us all to enjoy because phonies, we all live busy lives. And sometimes we just need to unwind, you know, with a bald man in aviator sunglasses and very tight white jeans yelling at us, reminding us that we might not get tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's dark. Um, I'm also throwing what I consider one of the most underrated jams of the last two decades. And that is Tayo Cruz's Dynamite. We rock this club. We went all night. Thank you for your messages. You are so, uh, you're just the best phonies. You're you're so kind, funny. I mean, I had a feeling that I had an audience that skewed elder millennial. I can now confirm it because most of the phonies who left messages were named Melissa, Megan, Jennifer, and Kelsey. <laughs> and if those aren't some elder millennial names, I don't know what is. This episode was brought to you by the top 10 girls' names of 1984. Keep the voicemails coming. Call me anytime at 323-448-0068. Next week, we're back with a regular episode and an anything but regular guest. In fact, the fun of friends we have coming up in the next couple of months, they just keep getting better and better. And now I'm going to stand up. I got the top three buttons of my jeans undone. I am dancing alone to Tayo Cruz's Dynamite. And I hope wherever you are, Edmonton, Toronto, Simcoe County, Whitecourt, Alberta, you are dancing right along with me. Ooh! And now I have to finish not checking the boxes on this volunteer application form. Talk next Thursday. Bye! Friend was created by our mommy Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.